So I got to start this with giving you a little bit about what's been going on in my wife's and I's life. So I posted this on Facebook, and I'm sure many of you saw this. Uh, we bought a house. Um, it was extremely difficult. It was frustrating. It was anxiety-filled. Uh, but we bought a house, and then it, we were supposed to get the possession of the house on July 2nd. July 2nd. And so on July 1st, we were so excited. We were like, all right, we're going to be done with work in like four hours. I don't care if we get in trouble. We're going to be done so that way we can get ready to move into our house tomorrow. I wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I go out to my car. We're at our apartment, and it's street parking, and I'm like, I'm forgetting something. So I'm like, I got my keys. I got my wall. I got my phone. I got my work computer. I'm like, where is my car? So I don't know if you've heard about Kia boys or what this is, but uh, it's a big thing right now where they're stealing vehicles. So my car got stolen, um, and then two hours after that, my, uh, our realtor calls us and says, hey, we got great news for you. You got your house a day early, and we're like, holy roller coaster of emotions. Like, this is insane. I don't even know what to, how to process this right now. So we end up getting a new car, but I say all of this because life is good. Like, life is really good right now. We got a house. We, we were, uh, yes, the car got stolen, but insurance treated us really, really well. Thank you, insurance. And we were able to get another car, and life is good. Life is good. We love to share good news. You know, if you see someone that you haven't seen in years, and you go, hey, Bob, how you doing? They don't respond, well, you know, life has just been really, really rough. They say, life is good. Yeah, life is good. You know, we might have some hiccups here and there, but most of the time, people say, yeah, life is good. People want to share good news. Now, when, when we share good news, um, we, we are able to, to pass that on. When we pass on good news, we don't just do it by the words or our actions. There's another way we can do this, and it's by our influence. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about how we can influence those people that are in our lives, that, are, that we sit by on a day-to-day basis, or the family members that we're with, or the community that we have, we can share and pass on the good news of Jesus by our influence and how we live our life. So behind me, you're going to see two guys. Um, any young people know who these two guys are? Yeah, there you go, I see it. Any older people know who these guys are? That's what I thought. Yes, so these two guys, the guy on the left, his name is Mark, uh, Mark Rober. He is an engineer uh, for NASA, or was an engineer for NASA. He actually helped create the robot that goes on the, on the planet Mars that's actually roaming Mars right now. He's one of the people that created that. And then the homeless-looking guy on the right, he is uh, Mr. Beast. Now, you may think that's a weird name. Well, he's a YouTuber, so he actually, I looked today, um, he posted a video 16 hours ago, and it has 20 million views. So this guy is a big deal. Now, Mark Rober, super smart. He's got the brains. He knows what to do. The other guy, Mr. Beast, homeless-looking guy, he's got the money. Everything that he gets in, he gives back out. That's what he does. That's how, that's how he runs his life. That's what he does. He wants to help people. And so what they did is they created this thing called Team C's. And what Team C's is is for every dollar that's donated to their, um, their program, they pick up one pound of trash from the ocean. 
And so Mr. Beast, or I'm sorry, Mark, he created this machine that goes and picks up trash in the ocean, and Mr. Beast helps get donations and funds to be able to pick up and be able to utilize that equipment. So far, they started just over a year ago, and so far they've picked up 33 million pounds of trash from the ocean. These guys are using their influence. These guys are using what they have, what they have to change the world. They are literally changing the world. And they are loving it. They are advertising it. They are posting about it. They are so excited to be able to change the world by what they have. And so we're going to be talking about um, somebody in the Bible. And I don't really remember hearing much about this person in the Bible very much. We're going to be in Acts 9. Acts 9, 36 through 43. Uh, This character is Tabitha. Um, Tabitha, what a rock star. Holy smokes. Can't believe I don't remember hearing about it or can't remember reading about it. Tabitha is absolutely incredible. She is an amazing woman. And so a little bit of background. While you guys are going through that, I love to give background on the books of the Bible. So Acts, as I'm sure most of you know, is right after the Gospels. And the Gospels talk about Jesus' life and what he did here in his ministry. And at the end of Matthew... Um, he says to go out into the world and make disciples. And so Acts is that. Acts is the disciples and the apostles and everybody, all the believers, going out into the world and doing what Jesus asked them to do. And so we're going to open to Acts 9, and we're going to read 36 through 43. It says, In Joppa there is a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. Now, I don't know if that's actually how it's pronounced, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. So it's Dorcas, okay? So her name was Dorcas. Um, She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to, to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. So, um, a little background of who Tabitha was. Tabitha was a widow. Um, She was believed to be a widow. And back in this culture, uh, if you were married and your husband died you pretty much were on the bottom of society. That's just the way it was in this time. Uh, You did not have a way to to make funds for yourself, to bring in food. You were pretty much considered nothing if you were a widow in this time. And so what makes Tabitha an absolute rock star is she created a small business for herself. And she started making robes, and she started making clothing for other people. And not only that, she, she got other widows and other people in with her to help her out. She used her influence, what she knew, what she knew what to do in making these clothings, and were helping people. 
Really, it, it, it's, it's as simple as that. You use what you have, like Tabitha used. She had the knowledge of making clothing. She had the knowledge of, 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 of creating this little small business and knowing how to, how to maneuver that. And she used that as her influence to change the community. It says at the end, when she used, uh, when she died, it said many, many people came to know who Jesus was. We are able to use what we have. doesn't matter how little it is. doesn't matter if it's, if it's crazy. We are able to use what we have to make an impact in this world, to make an impact in Jesus' name. Now, I know I don't have a lot to offer. Like, I'm sure you guys all know that. But I have certain stuff that I am able to use. I have got the life that I have. I've got uh, the ability to, to be goofy and annoying and act like a teenager, even though I'm 29. And, and I'm able to use that to impact the world. You guys can impact the world. So I'm going to share a story about uh, a family that I love very, very dearly. Um, and it's my grandparents. Um, when I was a kid, I would, I would always go to my grandparents early. Um, I have a very, very special relationship with my grandma and my grandpa and, of course, Uncle Todd. Um, back in May, I called my grandma. Uh, it was her birthday. And uh, I said, Grandma, tell me about your life a little bit. And I got approval to share this story. Uh, their life hasn't been easy. Their life has been pretty hard. Um, they got married. They weren't very wealthy. They had a barn, and their, their way of income was the livestock, and that barn burned down and killed all their livestock. So they had to move. And then they uh, had my Aunt Sue. And unfortunately, they had my dad. Um, so thank you guys for that. Um, they had my dad. And then um, they had Aunt Karen. Aunt Karen only lived two months, and she died. And then they had my Uncle Todd, who has cerebral palsy, but is literally the light of my life. I love Uncle Todd. And then they had Uncle Chris, who had open-heart surgery when he was just two months old, and then again at two years old. Their life hasn't been easy. They've moved so many times throughout their life, and they've really struggled with getting things going in the way that's like, man, can't life just be easy? And the most incredible thing is when I called my, mom, or my grandma and I asked her, and I said, Grandma, what has been the best thing about your life? Through everything that she just said and everything I know about her life, she goes, I would have to say Jesus is probably the best thing that's been in my life. Now, if that's not inspiration, if that's not making your life and what you guys have been through to change my life and to change the world, then I don't know what is. We can use our stories, we can use our past, we can use our relationships to change people's lives. Use your experiences, use what you have because that story has changed my life in so many different ways of knowing not to give up when things get hard because Jesus will always be there. The next story is, uh, the picture's gonna come up. Uh, this is not done by a four-year-old, even though it looks like it's done by a four-year-old. It's done by that senior right there. Um, his name is Jamal. Um, Jamal grew up uh, Muslim. His family is Muslim. And... Um, I did a thing called Campus Life, and Campus Life is 
uh, an organization where we go and uh, we go to the high school and we talk to kids and hang out with kids. We invite them to an after-school program. And uh, most of the kids that come don't want anything to do with Jesus, don't care about Jesus. They come high, they come drunk sometimes. I mean, they're, they're just terrible kids, awful kids. Um, but they come to this to get away from home. Or they come to this to be able to just say, I need a place to be where people will, will love me and not judge me for who I am. And so uh, Jamal uh, came, and I started when uh, he was a freshman, and I was a small group leader. And let me tell you what, I did not like the kid. He was absolutely horrible, absolutely horrible to me. For three years, the kid drove me insane. For three years, every single week, I'd go up to my leader and be like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like, they're hiding, and they're, they're literally, like, hitting me, and I don't know what the heck to do. Like, this is miserable. I'm getting bruises every week. And um, he would constantly tell me, if you abandon them, then that's just one more person in their life that they can't trust. It's just one more person that, that abandons them. And so I, um, it came around for senior year, and this was the last year that I was with them, and I love these 10 guys, and Jamal um, came up to me halfway through the year, and, uh, and he said, Brian, I'm terrified, I'm scared, but I think I want to know who Jesus is. And through these four years, it has been miserable, painful. I hated it, but I loved it because at that moment, something changed. Something changed in his mind. And the thing that's so scary is that, his, is, that is, if his family knew about it, they would disown him because they were Muslim, different religion. So he didn't know what to do. He was terrified. And so we got some leaders together, and we talked, and we prayed, and he accepted Jesus, and I love Jamal. Sorry, I'm getting emotional again. Um, but I've got it right here. He gave this to me on the last day. And uh, it goes, says, Brian plus Jamal, heart forever. And it looks horrible, absolutely ugly and disgusting. But on the back, he wrote this. He says, Brian, there's no easy way to start this. But I just want to say thank you, and I love you. Because of campus life, you have significantly changed my life. Sorry our group was a pain in the butt, but thank you for putting up with us. We love you, Brian. You're a great leader, but also such a great friend. Jamal. I didn't do anything special. In fact, I did not like the kid. I didn't like him. But I stuck around. And I would pick him up, and I'd go to lunches with him. I would show him love. And his life changed, not because of me, but because of what Jesus did through me. We can change the world through our influences. And that's just two stories. One that was passed down to me and one that I could pass on to someone else. Tabitha changed her community by the way she lived her life. These two guys that were behind us, Mark and Mr. Beast, they have changed the world by their influence. We can change the world by how we can influence the world. Um, <clears throat> Mark 13. Mark 13. 9 through 11. Says, you must be on your guard you will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. 
On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested or brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what you say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but it is the Holy Spirit. I didn't ask John to do this. I was very thankful you did. Um, if you were listening to the prayer, he said, I pray that, that it's you, God, leading this message. And it's not just Brian, but you're with him on the side. Um, I pray that. Before I even knew that was a passage, I honestly found out that it was a passage like a year ago. I don't, I don't know. I just never really thought about it or looked it up. Um, but I'd always pray, God, I pray it's not me speaking. It's just you. I'm just a vessel for you and what you have in my life. Um, take control of it. It's all about you, God. Um, Jesus is saying, you're going, to be, you're going to be in a lot of pain sometimes. You're not going to like what you have to do. You're not going to be around people that see eye to eye with you. You're not going to be around people that want to, to, to be with you. Just say something, and I will be here with you, and I will guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you in what you say. When I was in high school, I had a, a guy who was a, uh, went to Texas for swimming. He almost won the Olympics against Michael Phelps. And I saw, uh, I went to uh, the bathroom in the middle of class, and this guy named Chris was sitting down talking to Clay. Um, and Clay was a swimmer. Chris is a Christian. And uh, Chris kind of like looked at me and was like, please help me. Like, I don't know what to do. And so I went down and I sat down. And uh, Chris was like, so Brian, um, what do you know about Jesus? And I was like, oh, geez. Like, I just went to go to the bathroom. Like, I was not prepared for this at all. And um, so I sat down, and I remember just praying and being like, God, like, give me something, because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I was not planning this whatsoever. Um, and so I sit down, and I just start talking. I don't remember what I said. I don't know what was the conversation back and forth. But I re- what I remember was Chris and I were sitting there, and uh, Clay was listening. And Clay was asking questions. And I had no idea what I was saying. But Clay came to church with me that next week. And I don't know where Clay is now, but he came to church a couple of times. And I can tell you what, it was not because of me. I had no say in that conversation. I literally just started talking. And God will do incredible things when you just go out, use your influence, take a step of faith, and say, God, I hope and I pray that you will speak through me, and it will not be me speaking. Because again, I've said it a thousand times, we can use our influence to change the world. But the great thing about it is we are never alone. Because it says right here in Mark, if you just ask, all you have to do is just say, Jesus, speak through me, and he will speak through you. God will use you. God will use your gifts. God will use what you have to change this world, and not just this world, this community, this church here. Use what you have to impact this church. Use what you have to impact those friends around you. Use it. The next slide um, is, uh, what can you use? It's just a little, little something. What can you use? Think about it. Um, if you like music, go for it. We just had an announcement about the choir. Don't pass that opportunity up. If you literally were sitting there being like, you know, I've been wanting to do the choir for a little bit, just do it. Just get up and do it. 
Something was stirring inside of you. Just do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. I have a horrible singing voice. I'm sure they heard it when I was right there. But I was singing. Just do it. If you have a passion for serving others, then bake some cookies and give it to somebody that needs it. If you have a gift, do not waste that opportunity to impact somebody's life. Because it doesn't matter how good you are at something, how bad you are at something, how little amount of friends you have, how big amount of friends you have, it doesn't matter. God did not put you in this room right now to not hear something. God put you in this room to hear him say to just do something for him that will impact his community and your community. Do something. There's so many things you can do. This is just a list of six. You can give gifts. You can play sports. If you, if you play sports on the church softball team, watch your tongue. There you go. That's the first lesson I can give you because I've played at many church softball leagues. There are not very f- many friendly people out there. So watch your attitude. Watch your tongue, all right? That's for all of you who play in here. Um, Learn that, that love to learn. You can help somebody else. And, you know, if you're in school, you can tutor somebody. You can use whatever gift you have to change that community around you. Um, last little final comments I have here and last little, little slide. I want you to sit for just a second. I want you to think about Tabitha and that she had pretty much nothing at one point in her life. She was a widow, considered very low on the society. And yet she did something that she knew to change her community. Think about stories in your life where people have have taken you by the side or have shared with you the gospel. Who led you to Christ? Think about those people and how brave they must have been to lead you to Christ. Because that's scary. That can be very scary. So when you're sitting there, you know, what, what do you have that you could share? How can you give, use your gifts to serve someone in need? Where do you already have influence that you can add on top of, of that? Who are you already mentoring? Who are you already baking for? Who are you already serving? Go up a notch with that and serve them more and love them more going to be exhausting. It's going to be tiring. It may be frustrating. Like Jamal, he drove me absolutely insane. But somehow, he found Jesus. Who do you need, who do you know that needs to hear or see the good news of Jesus? And then lastly, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to share the influence that you already have in your community, in your family, in your friends, to the neighbor, the random people you see walking at work? What are you going to do? You're going to just act like they're not there? Pray for them. Go to your desk and just pray for them. Do something to change the world because you are good enough. Just like Tabitha was good enough. 
just like I'm good enough. Just like every single one of you are good enough to make an impact through the influence that you have to change this hurt and run down world. Be the change. Don't walk out of here without hearing a name or writing a name down and not doing anything about it. Let's change the community together. Let's change the world together, just like Tabitha did in Acts.